Hey friends, we are your hosts Leanne and Llewellyn and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. Uh, Llewellyn, do you want to tell our friends what we've been planning on the uh, in the in the quiet background? Yes, yes, I think that has absolutely nothing to do with them and everything to do with us. Yeah, but I mean, we are going to do a few friends-related things. So um, it's true. We're going to New York. I'm so I'm so freaking excited. But more importantly, we're going to New York in the winter time, guys. Oh, and even more importantly. At Christmas. Yes. I can't We are wait. going the weekend before the weekend of Christmas. Yeah. Okay. So just like a slight like backstory how this happened. So we all are aware yeah. that Leanne was just in New York like a month yes. ago. Like a month ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I gave her a hard time about it because I, you know, everybody knows I love it. So she's literally, I think it was right after you got out of watching Hamilton. Yeah. Here's exactly what happened. Yeah. I was leaving Hamilton. I was walking down the stairs. So you weren't even into out the of the lobby. Yet. No, no, no. <laughs> I was walking down the stairs into the lobby of the Richard Rogers Theater. Having stayed an extra few minutes because my friend was bawling yeah, at the end. As one does in that show. Bawling. And I, as I was walking down the stairs, I was texting you. Saying, if you want to come to New York to see Hamilton, I'll go with you. And then I said, I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, but then on my end, I so our good friend Nicole is coming down to visit me in December. And so we were talking about mm-hmm. like when she's coming, what we're doing, all that stuff. And literally, like it wasn't the same exact time, but it was like in the span of like two, two-ish days. I was texting her and saying like, hey, what are your thoughts on maybe instead of coming here... We both go to New York because we both want to see New York in the Christmas like Christmas time and we spend like a long weekend there. So like literally I was talking about doing that and then I get a text from Leanne and she's like, Hey, by the way, I'm totally down for doing this. And I was like, Uh, you don't yeah. have to tell me twice. You know, and the re like I knew that you would be so game for it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I text Llewellyn, she's it, she's going to use that as an excuse to absolutely plan a trip to New York. And yeah. I unashamedly, I feel like I manipulated you into it, but but not in a bad way, but like you were a willing participant. Yeah, but, okay, so here's the thing. Like, do I technically have the funds for it? Probably not. <laughs> no. But here's the thing. I'm tired. I feel like at this point in my life, I'm tired of like spending money on mindless things. I want to experience and like you know, have those experience and experiences and, like, share them with friends that, like, matter to me. So the idea of, like, going, like, I'm not trying to dwell on the fact that, like, okay, I might have to work a little harder or, like, pick up a side job to, like, pay off the debt yeah. that I'm going to make with this trip. But, like, you yes. can't get those experiences back. So can I can I read you exactly what I text, like, ex- our exact exchange? Sure, why not? I don't even remember. <laughs> I said... I would fly to NYC to meet up with you to go see Hamilton again in the best seats. I'll do it. Just FYI. And you said, don't tempt me. (laughs) Flights from Orlando are cheap. I'm tempted to go in the winter. I said, not tempting. I'm 100% serious. (laughs) I would spring for good seats, too. I would literally go Friday through Sunday and attend a day show. I'm serious. Yes, winter. (laughs) Uh, yeah. We were gonna make it happen. Yeah. Um, 
And guys, we have been using, it's actually been really great. We've been using TripIt together to like store all of our stuff. I know I did that as a recommend to a friend um, several weeks back. And it's been really great. Have you gotten a chance to look at our agenda more closely? Uh, I haven't. It's on my schedule to do today. Um, okay. So I'm going to look at it. and Because there was a couple of things I saw on Instagram, like Reels, that I was like, I don't, mm. I don't know if this is on our list yet, but let me see if we have room. So I'll look at it. And Well, and there's, know. because I, I don't know, like, how long does it take to walk up Fifth Avenue and look at windows? Right. Is it 30 minutes or is it an hour and a half? So there are a lot of time frames that I'm like, this could be way off and I have yeah. no idea. And I, I feel um, like, too, but, um, I know that, like, we have a lot that we want to do. But, like, I'm also trying to remind myself that, like, as somebody who has been living in Florida for almost two years now, like, I'm not going to want to be outside in the cold probably for extended periods of time. Um so I kind of like the idea that we have like a lot of places that we're going into because I feel like that'll give us like, yes, you know, time to not be freezing our butts off. Because honestly, I don't know where my winter clothes are. I'm going to have to find those. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think what's funny is that a lot of the places that I have written down as like apps, not absolutes, but like I've written them down as like, oh, we should go to these places. They're all they're all bars known for their cocktails and not so much food places that's okay the last time i went to new york I'm like we can't just bar hop all day the last time i went to new york i had more coffee than food the entire time i was there so i'm okay i 100 percent believe that i might just bring like some cliff bars and like put them in my bag and be like all right i i am prepared i i've already mentally prepared to walk thirty thousand steps a day and i know that's a lot because we walked like maybe 17 to 22 every day and we were we did like a lot of walking but we because we had more days yeah we didn't like get out by eight and stay out till 10 we we truncated our days a little bit like we wouldn't get out until 10 and then would start heading back by like nine because it'd get dark and bushwick is scary sometimes (laughs) sorry bushwick (laughs) (laughs) i'll never go back (laughs) Unless Bushwick becomes the new, like, I don't know, I West Village or something. Now we're going to find out how Chelsea is at night, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although Chelsea seemed really cool and fun. But anyways, okay. Let's completely shift gears and go to a semi-fictional New York location and check in with our, our Pally Pal friends. Yeah. Because so, this is one of those few episodes that is not a season finale, season opener, where the storyline is like a direct continuation. Right? Um, yes. Like, because Ross comes like over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is. Yes. But that's going to be the, the last point we talk about. But yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So take it away. Yeah, this week we watched season five, episode fifteen, titled "The One with the Girl Who Hits Joey." This was written by Adam Chase, directed by Kevin S. Bright, and originally aired on February eighteenth, nineteen ninety nine. When Joey starts dating Katie, he finds she packs a painful punch, and Ross has trouble making friends with his new neighbors. And doesn't even mention the Ross Chandler Monica situation. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because we yeah. will. Yes, oh, we'll we will talk about it. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the title of the show, which is Joey and Miss Punch a Lot. 
Um, <laughs> so we're in the cafe when we first meet Katie, and she she comes in and she wants to. They want they're going to lunch, and so she asks where they're going. He offers Chinese, which she agrees to. Um, saying how much she loves that and how it's great that he knows it. And then she aggressively starts punching him before turning to go to the bathroom. Now, when I say aggressively, like, she's using him as a punching bag, essentially. And then she turns to leave. And the friends all think it's super cute. Like, that's adorable. She's playfully hitting. And Joey agrees with them that, like, he likes her a lot, but she keeps punching him. And it sends the friends down, like, this spiral of jokes. Um, Monica offers Ben as a bodyguard. Uh, Chandler jokes that Joey is getting beat on by a little girl. And Rachel starts out, like, she's rubbing his arm or his hand, like, very sweetly. And then she stops and she's like, oh, does that hurt you? So they're very much not being kind to him in this moment, but it's actually pretty funny. Uh, I loved, I, I think this is sometimes when, when you do like the, I, I'm, I'm like, I think this is the same cafe scene, but I'm not sure. Chandler's tie. Did you see it like split right down the yes. middle vertically color blocked? Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a tie like that. Yeah. And then Rachel looks great in her dress. Yes. I have, Jennifer Innocent has always had great arms. Oh, hands down. She still does. Uh, right <laughs> exactly <laughs> but in that dress with that like really wide it's like with the wide collar and then the cinched the way that the dress like strap area was yeah. I don't know like it just accentuated her features in all the right way she looked fabulous in her dress nice um so we're back in the cafe actually every scene that we see Katie in we're in the cafe Oh, they must have, like, time-blocked her to be able to, like, get all of her scenes done. They must have. Like, hey, come in for, you know, two days or whatever it is to do all of your scenes. Yeah. So that we can, like, move on to the other storylines. That's interesting. Um, so they're they're in the cafe. They're having coffee. And every time she, like, makes a move, Joey flinches. And he, like, <laughs> you know, gets closer to the edge of the couch. Um, and at one point, he flinches so hard he spills his coffee. And he's, and then he like moves over and kind of sits on the like arm of the couch, and he starts to tell her yeah. that the punching that she's doing feels like a very very tiny, really real bat, and mm-hmm. she just starts to laugh it off because she thinks that he's making fun of her size, and then she proceeds to punch him even more until he falls off the side of the couch. And at the same time, like, everybody around them is, like, staring at them because she is going at it. Yeah. Um, I'm really bummed because I think, like, she is so cute. She is such, like, a cute person. Yeah. Like, I almost think if if the writers would have put any effort into, like, I don't know, a personality for her outside of this... Like, her and Joey, I could actually see it. Like, her and Joey could have worked really well together. Yeah. Um, But you don't know that because there's no other element of her personality that I can see. But in, like, in my imagination brain, I'm like, aw, they could be cute together. Like, Joey's, like, a little, like, bigger and, and broader shoulders. Like, he's yeah. a more, like, husky-type guy. 
and she's like petite and cute, like super pretty, long, like brown hair. And I'm like, oh, they'd be so cute together. But they don't give her like they give her the personality of a pigeon. And here we are. Yeah. Um, okay, so the final scene with her, we're in the cafe again. Joey enters and he's wearing six sweaters <laughs> because Okay, can I do a can I do a breakdown of these six sweaters? Yeah. Because they actually will come into play later, which is very interesting to me. Okay. Um, I wanna call out first that this isn't the only time that he comes in wearing a bunch of clothes. LOL. Um, and we all know what I'm talking about. Um, but the six sweaters at the very base core closest to his body. And then I'll work my way out. A red, like a bright red turtleneck. Under that is a speckled charcoal gray turtleneck. Then we cut to a maroon crew neck sweater. So it comes right up under the necks of the other two turtleneck sweaters. Then we start getting into the V cuts. So there's a tan V neck a slightly deeper, um, both in color and V, uh, red V-neck, and then the gray zip-up sweater that you see on the outside that is zipped up about, you know, a third of the way to make sure that you can very much tell that he's wearing six sweaters. Nice. Yeah. Um, Okay, so he meets up with Rachel, who is there, and he tells her that he is breaking up with Katie and he thinks that the punches might get harder. Hence the six sweaters. Um, so Katie enters and jo- or Rachel compliments her jacket, which uh, Katie graciously takes and then punches Rachel like she does Joey. Um, mm-hmm. And so at this moment, Rachel realizes like what Joey's talking about. So she fights back by returning the sweet punches, which ends up with Rachel. It's up in this little like spat between the two of them. They're going back and forth. Um, Mm -hmm. and then finally Rachel's had enough, so she kicks her and Katie turns to Joey and tells him to do something about it or she's leaving. And he like pauses to contemplate. He's like, nah. And then Katie storms out because she's mad. Oh yeah. He took that way out. He did. He's like, I see it and I'm going to take it. (laughs) And that is essentially the end of Katie. Yes. A very quick storyline. Yes. Definitely the C storyline of the episode, oh, for, for sure. sure. But yet somehow it made its way to the title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say Ross probably has the majority of this episode, but, you know, who are we to say? Um, anyway, speaking yeah. of Ross, over in 3B, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Ugly Naked Guy's old apartment. Um, yeah. So we start there. Ross is moving in and Phoebe brings him a housewarming gift of salt, bread and a scented candle. And I love that she brought it in that farmer's market bag that people yeah. still use. Yeah. I was like, you know, when you think that something is new because it's trendy on Instagram and like several years ago, the popularity of those kind of like resurfaced. Yeah. And then you see something like Friends. It's like, oh, that was in the that was in the early 2000s. <laughs> like, these this is not its first rodeo. Yeah. Um, So at the same time, a neighbor, Steve, pops over to welcome Ross to the building, but um, he's come with a request. He asks him Mm. for $100 for handyman Howard, who is retiring Mm -hmm. because everybody's chipping in. And Ross thinks it's a nice idea, which it is, 
but he's literally lived there for 25 minutes. So why would he spend or why would he give $100 for a guy he doesn't know? And at this point, Steve is rather offended and he rudely welcomes Ross to the building again and then leaves. Ross is not wrong for this. Oh, I am so frustrated by this guy. (laughs) Like he has no clearly like if you had any self-awareness as a person, just as a basic human being, you would know that this ask is absolutely unreasonable. Yeah. I'm furious. I'm furious for Ross. You should have called ugly naked guy and asked him for the money. Yeah, he's the one that's been there for five years at least so far because, I mean, we've known about him for five years since the beginning episodes. Yeah. So frustrating. So then we pop over to the guy's apartment and Ross is explaining to Chandler and Rachel how Steve has now told the entire building that he isn't paying, so all his neighbors hate him. And to Mm. remedy that, he decides that he's going to throw a party with name tags. Um, Yeah. And Rachel... At this point, she points out, she's like, isn't that going to cost you more than just paying the $100? But Ross is clear that this is all about keeping his principles, not about paying the money. It's amazing what we'll do. Yeah, for sure. For our principles. It really is. <laughs> and how <laughs> how contradictory <laughs> it seems sometimes. Yeah. There was, a, there was a 3D print of Manhattan behind Ross's head at one point that I thought was really cool. It was like... You know how, like, you can go into 3D mode on your Apple Maps? Yeah. Where you're kind of looking at the city angled a little sideways. Yeah. Or from, like, a 75-degree view. Um, it was it sort of looked like that of, like, downtown Manhattan, which I thought was cool. Nice. And then the Magna Doodle said CB plus MG, and it had, like, a heart with an arrow through it, and then it said for four, like, the number four ever. So Adorable. Chandler Bing and Monica Gell- Geller forever. Because everybody knows them. Super cute. Yeah. Now that everyone knows. <laughs> um, so we pop back over to Ross's new apartment and it's party time. And no one is at his place except for him. And he's yeah. writing name tags and he's trying to decide between two, either Dr. Geller or Ross, before deciding to just put them both on like a weirdo. Um And as he turns off his music, because it's very obvious nobody's coming, he hears music and chanting coming from across the hall. Uh, Yeah. So he goes over and we find out that Phoebe is in the next apartment and that she is somehow paid $100, even though she doesn't live there and thinks, Mm. but she uses the excuse that I think it's going to help you look better by association. Um, But it doesn't because Steve thinks that Phoebe and Ross should switch apartments because she is more their people. Which, again, is just still petty. Um, So then, again, later, we're in Ross's apartment, or in the apartment across the hall, and Ross wants to leave, but Phoebe is talking to him and telling, talking him up to other people and telling them the Emily story, which is probably the worst story that she could probably tell anybody. Um, And she also thinks she might be telling it wrong. So she's not sure people. Well, she's trying to garner some sympathy. She is. And she's like, somehow you end up being the bad guy. (laughs) Which he is. (laughs) But which is hilarious because, like, how is he the bad guy of a story where his wife 
left. Wait, Emily. Oh, Emily. He says Rachel at the altar. Okay, I literally. You were thinking Susan. I this whole entire time, even though he definitely said Emily, I've been imagining the Carol Susan storyline. And that's why that's I thought funny. that point was funny that he came out as the bad guy. Cause I was like, the joke is that like he can't be a bad guy when she just she's just like living her life. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see how he definitely is the bad guy. Yeah. And like in, how in the Emily storyline. So like right. how is that funny then? But also now I'm really confused. Like all wow. the people of all the friends to explain the Emily story, like Phoebe wasn't there. So like her. That's so true. Her explaining the whole thing is like probably the worst. Oh, that's, that's such an interesting point. Cause she would have like a limited point of view. She would have, the story. Yeah, she would have like a secondhand version of the story rather than like witnessing it. That's so true. But regardless, it doesn't go well on their behalf. Hmm. And so Ross, you know, decides to start eating some cake because it's a party. And then we find out that he prematurely cut the cake because somebody noticed and asked who did it. And Ross has proof all over his face, put it that way. <laughs> so everybody hates him even more. Um, but Phoebe is like desperately trying to help him out. So she gets everyone's attention and yeah. tries to explain that they don't really know Ross um, she said, in yeah. fact, I hated him at mm-hmm. first, too. But once you get to know him, you find out that he's sweet, caring, caring, and very generous. And then she yeah. proceeds to point out flaws in the guests around her and insults them based on what her first opinion was of them. <laughs> it's so bad. You know, she had them convinced when she was like, you know, like, sometimes you just have the wrong impression of people. And then when you get to know them, like, you like them. Yeah. And they were kind of, like, nodding. They were in agreement. Like, okay, maybe we've been a little hard on this guy. Like, ha- most of them don't even know Ross. They just have secondhand offendedness from the dude from the door, whatever his name was. Steve. And I just think it's really funny um, that then she just kept going to prove her point. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I say a couple of fun things? Yeah. I wanted to point out, I know that I said that this is something I would track and then I forgot about it, but then I remembered it when I saw it again. Um, Ross is wearing another red sweater and it, I think, I think that might be the red sweater that we hear about later in the season. That is such a big deal. Um, he does that in the scene specifically when the guy comes to the door first. So when when Phoebe and him or no no at the party say I think it's at the yeah party. sorry I think it's at the party yeah that's fine um and then uh which I thought was cool because I was like oh yeah I, I was supposed to be like kind of keeping track of that but then I just you know I'm like there's only so many things I can keep track of um but then like in the ice cream or in the icing thing like I don't know if you noticed it but like it kept bothering me that like Suddenly, he had, like, more icing on his face, like, than after, like, from scene to scene, it seemed like the amount of icing on his face changed, like, changed consistently. Um, and, and then in the one where everybody finds out, so the episode before this, um, when Ross visits Ugly Naked Guy to try and convince him to let Ross into the apartment, the number on the door is 201 
but in this episode, it has changed to 3B, which we know that because Ross is called 3B by the other residents. Um, I want to I want to draw a quick fun parallel that uh, David Schwimmer played Josh 4B Goldstein on NYPD Blue, and he was nicknamed that after his apartment number. So in 1993, which is obviously earlier than Friends, um, he had also previously been known as a different apartment number, which I thought was funny. That's like pretty similar. Yeah, that was funny. Same floor. Um, yeah. The last little bit in the scene in this storyline, it like quickly cuts back to Ross's apartment and Phoebe and him are sitting by themselves in a little circle eating chips. Um, mm. And Phoebe mm-hmm. thought, you know, like she was doing all this because she thought Ross would jump in and defend the neighbors and then look like the hero. But he very clearly did not get that memo. So I think it would have kind of worked, but he would have had to know about it ahead of time. Yeah, <laughs> which, which is like he Phoebe's did not. Downfall. <laughs> He's like, I did not get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else about Ross and Phoebe in this situation? Um, just a quick point out that if if you look closely at the bag, like when, when Ross and Phoebe are eating their bags of like family sized chips, like you see how like big they are. Yeah. Um if you if you kind of look a little closely, um you can see that the C and the and the T on Phoebe's bag has been colored in with red marker um, to avoid using the Cheez-It brand on air. So it just says he's dash I. So it's like they took the first letter and the last letter colored them in so that they wouldn't have to like pay for product placement. That's interesting. I didn't notice that. Good catch. Yeah. Yeah. I always am curious about that, too, because, like, when you see them grab, like, Fiji water bottles, Fiji has a very distinct container for their water, but they always, like, flip the label around so it's always facing away from the camera. Like, you'll be hard-pressed to find, like, there are people on set that are looking for things like that so that the networks don't have to pay for placement. But it's just so funny because I think, like, just, like, subconsciously, because we know the Cheez-It brand, like, I didn't notice it. Because, one, I wasn't looking. But, like, just taking those two letters off, like, subconsciously, I know that that bag is Cheez-It. So, like, that's what I assumed you were eating. You know? That's so weird. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice catch. Thanks. Um, Okay. So, the final storyline, which I think is what we're all here for. um, (laughs) Just kidding. Is Monica and Chandler. (laughs) I mean, not really, but yes. Um, It's the, the end of an era, almost, because it's the last person to find out about them. Yeah. So we, we like kick off right where we left off. Yeah. So this, so in the soft open, so in the end of the last episode, we, we found out Ross got the apartment. He's showing his boss and mm-hmm. he sees something through the window that ends up making him scream and yell, get off my sister. Mm-hmm. And so we immediately open this episode in the soft open with Ross running up Monica's like stairs and coming to the door and she and um he opens it but the chain is on so it doesn't go very far yeah and he's yelling at chandler through the door that he saw what he was doing to his sister um 
So Chandler and Monica stand up, and he's like, we had a good run. Um, yeah. But uh, love you. Bye. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, turns and tries to, like, exit through the window. Um, but Monica stops which him. Is such a, which is such, like, a gag, because yeah. the way that they, they – it had to be, like, a quick turnaround, because that is what – like the physical comedy that's where it grabs the humor the quick like i'm about to jump out the window but like he could have just used the actual window that they used to get out onto the terrace yeah so i thought that was like a little i was like okay i get what you're doing like you're grabbing for laughs and you have to make it quick because the time it would take for you to run around the corner to try and get out the window like it deflates the element of humor but still i was a little annoyed yeah um but she stops him and tells him like look i can handle my brother so she goes to the door and um, she opens it and she's like, what's up, bro? Like trying to act all <laughs> nonchalant. Cash. Super cash. Um, but he doesn't care. He pushes past her and chases Chandler. Um, and they're like running around the apartment. Joey and, Ch- Joey and Rachel enter confused mm-hmm. by what the heck is happening. And Ross just continues screaming about how his best, how, like, how could his best friend do this with his sister? Like he... He, like, enunciates, like, <laughs> best friend with my sister. Um, yeah. And Chandler and Monica tell him, like, look, we're not messing around. Like, we actually love each other. And so there's, yeah. like, this brief pause of, like, contemplation in Ross's mind. And then he, like, super, like, he softens and hugs them. Mm-hmm. Goes to hug them. Yeah. And at this point, he looks at Ra- Rachel and Joey and he's like, oh, you guys probably want hugs, too. But Rachel, in the quickness of her mind was like oh no 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 we've known for a while and then ross's face gets angry again um because they didn't tell him and rachel and joey kind of take a step back like uh what's about to happen and rachel's like look we were worried about you so we didn't like we didn't want to tell you and then immediately ross's face softens again and he's like you were worried about me (laughs) And he, uh, Ross was so pleased that they were worried. He does such a good job at like being super angry and then going to like cuddle, (laughs) like teddy bear mode. Yeah. I love Joey when he's like, dude, he's right there. (laughs) Because Chandler's like, I think, I think Ross knows about us. Um, I also love Monica's Miss Button shirt. I thought that was a really yeah. great detail from the wardrobe apartment department. Um, but I do have to call out something, a, a few things, actually. One, where is Phoebe? Because if it's a direct continuation from the last episode and Rachel followed Ross back over because they were all, oh, wait. No, that was when Phoebe found out. Just kidding. Okay, scratch that idea. I will, though, point out that when everyone congregates inside Monica's apartment after Ross finds out, they're all wearing different outfits with the exception of Ross, even though the scene takes place like just minutes after the last scene from the previous episode. Right, but the last scene in the previous episode was just Ross in his apartment, so it could have been, as far as we know, the next day, and we hadn't seen the friends. No, but we did see Monica and Chandler because they were messing around by the window. So Ross like but did they comes over show us, though, or did we just hear Ross saying it? I don't think they showed us. I think the only time we saw it was when Phoebe saw the window. But okay, but 
Do you see what I'm trying uh, to say? Like, oh, interesting. Because like, the, the but, last scene was a tag, and there could have been a separation between the actual last scene of the episode and the tag. Okay, but then they're just making out in front of windows all the time? I mean, they're horny people. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think maybe this is a continuity error on the writers, because I mean, it's it not makes the first it time seem... That's true. That's true. It's just... All of it has, like, a weird continuity that I don't think matches up. But anyways, you can continue. Okay. Um, so then into the main part of the episode, we're in the cafe. And now that the friends all know, they are talking and kind of joking about Monica and Chandler's future. Um, like, mm-hmm. who the godfather of their kids will be, what the wedding gifts, like, what wedding gifts they're going to get them. And at this point, like, Monica and Chandler are flattered, but they're like, guys, 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 we're just dating. Like, slow down. Um, And that's really all that happens in the storyline in the cafe. Yeah, Chandler's starting to, like, freak out a little bit. (laughs) It's, like, starting to spiral. Like, yeah. So we're up in the guy's apartment, and um, this was after Ross had told them about, you know, his party idea and how he's going to go get ready for that. And as he's leaving, Uh Ross or Rachel looks at Chandler and is like, you know... That that could be your future brother-in-law one day. And Chandler is quick to tell her, please don't put these thoughts in Monica's head. Um, but Rachel reminds him, like, look, Monica's already thinking it. She's a woman. She's almost 30. Yeah. And she's in love with you. Um, and Chandler's like, okay, well, no. Like, in my mind, there's two Monicas. There's the one who is my friend uh-huh. across the hall uh-huh. that wants all the babies. And then there's yeah. the new Monica who I just started dating. Like, who's to say what that Monica wants? Um, and Rachel's like, yeah, okay, sure. What, what, whatever, whatever, makes you, whatever makes you feel better. Yeah. And he's like, there's, there's, not, there's not two separate Monicas, is there? Yeah. He's like, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is, I think it is really interesting how, like, such a tight web that's weaved with the dynamic, like, with the relationships among this group. So... Obviously, like, when he's, when she says that to Chandler, that Ross will be, you know, his brother-in-law should he marry Monica, obviously, spoiler alert, that comes to a fruition um, in the one with Monica and Chandler's wedding, part two, when Ross does obviously become Chandler's brother-in-law. But also, Monica will later be Rachel's sister-in-law at the end of the sixth season with when Rachel and Ross get married in Vegas, when Rachel and Ross remarry shortly after the the events of the series finale, Chandler becomes Rachel's brother-in-law. So they're like sisters-in-law, brother-in-law. Like, it's such a tight web that they've weaved. Yeah. With them all being together. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're in the guy's apartment again a little while later, and Monica and Chandler are cuddling in the recliner. And which they do a lot now that I'm thinking about it. Um, Yeah. And Monica mentions that she could stay like that forever, which causes Chandler to freak out, (laughs) jump up and act casual, (laughs) as he says. Casual. Um, And Monica calls him out for like, you know, freaking out about jokes from their friends on marriage. Like, you know, I, I didn't say that I wanted to get married right now. This whole spat ensues where he tells her he knows her thoughts on wanting marriage and babies. Um, well, she tells him, like, you don't know what I want. And she is, like, phys- like visibly upset enough to the point yeah. that she tells him, like, I can't look at you right now and just storms out. 
which he knows he yeah. messed up in. Yeah. Um, but then we go down to the cafe, which I assume is like pretty much right after that or the next day or something. Yeah. Pretty soon after. Yeah. yeah. All I know is that I love his outfit because I feel like all we mm. ever see Chandler in really is um, either sweater vest or like a button up of some sort. Vest. <laughs> no, I'm not hating on the sweater vest. I don't, ha- I'm not hating on but any I of his it. outfits, but like this outfit was like a comfy sweater with like black jeans. Yeah. And he looked so yeah. good. <laughs> so good. He, the only thing about his style in this specific episode is his haircut was really bumming me out. Yeah, I could see that. It was a little too short for what I'm used to on him and, and that I like. It it doesn't look bad. It's just like, oh, it's one of those. Yeah, I get that. Okay. Um, but at this point, he's worried about the relationship, and he asks the guys if it's fixable. And they both look at him, and they're like, well, the only way to fix it is with a big gesture. Um, so Monica walks in, and she immediately goes, to- well, okay, hold on. He goes, this is fixable, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. And he's like, by me? And they're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they do conceive eventually and say, like, you know, if you if you made a big gesture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Monica walks in and she walks right past him to get a coffee. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Gunther asks her, like, for here to go. And she turns around and looks and she's like, to go. Um, yeah. And Chandler pops up and asks her, like, tell me how to fix this so we can get back so we can get back to you thinking how cute I am. And he's like kind of like bouncing around, like trying to be cute. Um, yeah. And she's holding her ground and she refuses and just tells him like, look, I'm tired of being your relationship tutor. Like you have to figure this out on your own. If you yeah. don't want to be in a real relationship, then don't be in one. Um, and like she basically puts him in his place and the guys, yeah. he like turns around for like guidance from the guys and they just look at him with these faces of like, uh, all oh, their faces. Screwed. They're like, yikes. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Um, anything about that scene? <laughs> their faces are probably my favorite part of this episode. Yeah, it, was, it was so good. It was on point. But no, nothing else. Nothing else. Um, okay. So then we're in the apartment. Um, I think this is the last scene before the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is. And all the friends are, I I think they're just like eating dinner or something. Yeah, or maybe playing a game. Yeah, they're all around the table. Actually, I didn't pay pay attention. I didn't pay too much attention to like what was on the table, but they're all gathered around the coffee table. They're all in there. And Chandler bursts in, wanting to urgently talk to Monica. (laughs) Um, He's been doing. It's like, where's Monica? I need to. Where is she? Where is she? She's like, like, uh, I'm Monica. (laughs) Like, right in front of his face. He's just so manic. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, But he says he's been doing a lot of thinking and he's decided the best thing that he could possibly do in this moment is get down on one knee and propose. And the faces, like, the looks (laughs) of everybody's faces. The guys again. They're like, oh, oh no. Yeah, it was it was good. It was a good moment to just like watch. Um, the guys think it's terrible. Rachel can't not look at it. Uh huh. And um, Monica asks why he's doing it. Like, he's like, she. I mean, she's. I mean, it's an oddest thing to do. Like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I don't know. Um, maybe because I'm sorry. 
And she's like, okay, so the best reason to get married is because mm. you're sorry? And he's like, no, the best reason no. to get married is because of pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy is just freaked out. Yeah. And he keeps talking. He's like babbling on. He's like, will you be my wife? <laughs> he just like, he cannot, he cannot. Like he can't stop. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. Yeah. I was, I think I laughed out loud a couple times during this scene. It was so good. But it's, I mean, it still gets even better. So Monica like reassures them like, look, none of the baby or the marriage talk was coming from her, which is true. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But he was confused because he talked to the guys and she's like, mm. who? Two divorces and Joey? And I think probably one of my favorite moments in this entire episode was Ross was like, oh, that's not fair. And Joey looks at him and is like, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like so, like Joey like almost knew what he was going to say. And he's like, no, like, yes, yes, it is. Yeah. I love, I absolutely love, and this is such a, I don't think I realized it the first time I walked, like I wa- walked through, like watching all of the seasons, but I love, now this is very foreshadowing and very spoilery, but I love how she also gets on her knees to talk to him face to face, which is exactly what happens when he proposes for real later. Yeah. I mean, technically she does first, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fact that she also gets down on her knees, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's what happens. Like, that's what happens later. And I thought that was so sweet. And then completely changing, like, topics. Joey, in this um, episode, um, in in this part of the episode, I noticed that he has stripped down to his base layer sweater, the red turtleneck, which was the first layer of sweater that he had on before when he was you know, being hit and punched by the girl. So it's the same wardrobe. They did a great job at just being like, okay, what he would do is just take off all the other layers. Yeah, that's smart. Yes. Um, The last thing she does before the end is she just, she gets down, you know, with him on eye level and just tells him like, look, you're not ready to deal with relationship stuff on your own. And he's like, no, I know, I know this. Um, And he agrees with her. And she's like, what would you have done if I'd have said Yes. And uh, he's like, I don't remember what his first response was, but he said he's like, or I would have gotten up and there'd be a Chandler size hole in that door. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Um, So good. And then we go to the tag, which Mm -hmm. is essentially just the friends using Chandler's I'm sorry proposal as the butt of each joke. Um, Every joke. Every joke. And it's like, it's like they just defer to him for like. Hey, what should we do when we want to apologize? Yeah. Will you marry me? Right. <laughs> Until Ross takes it a little too far. Yeah. Um, yeah. And points yeah, out that the line. we were on the break. We were on a break with Rachel. Yeah. And the yep. friends are like, yeah, no, no, it's not funny anymore. I love how they just all agree simultaneously. Like, yeah, you went too far, man. Yeah. You went too far. Yeah. Also notice that um, everyone was seated next to each other who shares the same plot line. So Ross is next to Phoebe. Monica is seated next to Chandler and Rachel is seated next to Joey because Rachel and Joey had the battle with like the girl at the end. Monica and Chandler are obviously together because it's their storyline. Phoebe and Ross with the three B thing. So they were all seated together based on their storyline. Nice. Yeah. All right. 
Favorite scene? I think it has to be the last one. When he comes Same. busting in and he's like, where's Monica? Where is she? And she's like, I'm Monica. <laughs> like, I'm right here in front of your face, you dummy. I just thought that was so great. And then the guy's faces of horror when they realized what he was doing and how he's just backpedaling. And then it's like, will you be my wife? <laughs> As he's like, he's just, he, poor guy is just so lost. Doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And I think it's great. I would agree. Yeah. And I think, um, I just love that. Like, you know, I think he did point out at one point, like, you know, this is a little nerve wracking doing this in front of all of our friends while they're all staring at me. Um, yeah. But like the fact that, it's also like they've created this show in a way of like it's comfortable for them to do things like that in front of each other. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just love that they used that moment. Like there wasn't a whole lot of points. And I don't think there was any other point in this episode where all six friends are together. Um, and so the fact that they used that for the last scene and for like this important moment in like Chandler and Monica's relationship, mm-hmm. I thought was just like really special. And you know how you said like it, I mean, she is being a tutor for him in a way, but like, it's so, it's just so fun to like watch him grow in this area in a sense. And like also watch Monica grow because she's got to demonstrate patience, which is not something that I feel like she has very much of. And yeah, I don't know. It's just good. I love the storyline. Yeah. All right. Episode rating system. Oof. Okay. I would say that this one is a, gosh, it got some good laughs out of me, but I didn't love all, like, I really didn't love the storylines. So I'd give it a, I'll give it a, how you doing? It's just barely above median for me. What about you? Um... Yeah, I think I'll give this one a seven, seven, seven. Um, nice. Similar. Like, I mean, I, I really like the, the Chandler and Monica. Like, I like that everybody knows now. Um, and it was a funny way for Ross to find out. But, um, yeah, I think the other two storylines were kind of just, like, throwaways in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's important that we see that Ross actually moved in. But I think they could have used a better way of doing that. So, Yeah. Very nice. Okay, right. post-show wrap-up trivia. All right. Which friend mugged Ross when he was a kid? Phoebe. Phoebe. It has to be Phoebe. Yep. It's All right. Only Phoebe. Which friend helped form the I Hate Rachel Green Club? Ross. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Killing it. Done with trivia. <laughs> Ross, and, Ross and Brad Pitt. I'll never forget. <laughs> Okay, social media spotlight. We have got a few things happening. Uh, Victoria Solart, Solarte, Solart, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, she just shared a reel with us about Joey and his food preferences, with, which I always think is funny. And then uh, Manang Longcomer also sent us a reel. I love that you guys are like sending us reels. I think it's uh, really great. Um, he sent us a reel and then um, I could I could I could reshare it or something. But he said, that's me. I'm Chandler here, but we don't seem to mind. And he just laughed at it. So I just I love that he's replying to us. So um, really short this week, but just appreciate you guys um, interacting with us. Yeah. OK. Recommend to a friend. Yes. Um, 
Okay, so I am going to recommend a podcast this week. So I think I can confidently say that most, if not everybody on the show knows who this person is. Um, Mm. She's famous on TikTok, Instagram, social webs. um, And she became famous from a story she said about Taco Bell. And her name is Elise Myers. Now. Oh, yes. I love Elise Myers. I love her, too. She's hilarious she's down to earth she's relational she's vulnerable she's like literally everything i feel like the world needs to hear these days and she does it in such a like a graceful way um and she just recently started her own podcast it's called funny because it's true um hosted by Mm. lemonada media and it's so good guys like literally she posted the trailer i want to say like a month ago like a three minute trailer and she literally went to the top of the charts from a three-minute trailer. And if you guys know anything about podcast trailers, they're, like, literally three minutes of, like, so here's short. what we're going to talk about, and that's it. Uh-huh. Um, and she skyrocketed, which I'm not surprised. Um, but she essentially created this podcast to talk about a funny story. Um, and then she uses that story to, like, then go on and have, like, this podcast with somebody that she's brought on. So her first few... Um, she's only released three and I think so far she's, she's interviewed Paul Feig, who is, he wrote a couple of the office episodes. He did Freaks and Geeks, like, um, and he also, I think co-owns or does something with Lemonada Media. So like that was her first. And then she interviewed Lance Bass, who, if you follow her, you know how she met Lance Mm -hmm. Bass. Um, and then Tristan Winger, who is hilarious and great and everything. Um, but it's such a good podcast. Like. I mean, I know that we've, I know that we have recommended a lot of podcasts on here, but like, honestly, when I first listened to like the first episode, like it left me crying and laughing at the Aww. same time. Like she was so vulnerable and real, but also like downright hilarious and like such good wisdom from like her and Paul and just so like relatable, like literally everything. I feel like almost everything I listen to of hers is like just relatable in some way. And one thing that she mentioned, she's like, you know, I didn't want to do a podcast. Um, She's like, honestly, it scares the heck out of me and I don't know what I'm doing. But she's like, somebody told me to just do it scared. So I'm doing it scared. And like, here it is. And it's great. And I know I I could talk about it for like literally hours because it's so good. But I think you guys should like check it out. Um, And if you don't know who Elise is for some unknown reason, just YouTube, like go to YouTube and type in Elise Meyer's taco bell and you'll find her like first story that made her blow up um and you'll fall in love with her because i think the whole world is but if anything is taco bell the one with the date yeah where she bought 100 tacos yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but yes it's good it's good but check out her podcast it's called funny because it's true and it's on like literally any probably on the same platform that you're currently listening to this one so stop listening to this or as soon as we're done <laughs> Oh, wow. Thanks for cutting me off. Go listen to it. She's like, pause this podcast right now and head over. <laughs> well, it's just funny because like, I feel like we, we mention podcasts on here all the time and it's like, all the they time. probably don't need the recognition because they're always so popular. But like, here we are on yeah. some little podcast. They'll, they'll always be bigger than us. <laughs> yeah. Always and forever. Yeah. They don't even know like, who we are. Like just one them. shout out on another podcast would I think make my life. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, say Levy. Um, uh, my recommend to a friend is a brand called Woof, and no, not Ryan from the Office's uh, 
program, I guess is what you would call it, or company. Um, it's W-O-O-O-F. It is a, a dog supplement company. Um, I got some uh, collagen peptides is what they call it, as well as like an active um, activity and like joint recovery. Um, they are healthy dog supplements that aren't like heat pressed, um, which takes out all of the nutrients. Um, you can either give them as treats or um, they also have some liquid stuff that you could pour over food if that's more of your speed for some other things. Um, but you can give it either as a treat for the things that are actual like uh, tangible food or they're soft enough to where like if you just apply apply a little bit of pressure, you can just crumble it over your dog's food, um, which I love because then there's no choking um, hazard for my dog. She likes to really just get ahead of herself and put something whole in her mouth. Um, and like I am always so scared that she's going to choke on it because there have been times where like she'll get down to the base of like a greenie and like the rest of the time it's too big to swallow. So of course she has to chew on it, but as soon as it's like roughly mouth size, she'll just like put it in her mouth to start chewing. But then like it never fails. She always tries to swallow it and you're like, or she, or she like is trying to chew on it, but it accidentally goes down her throat. And then she's like hacking for the next 30 minutes because it's like not going down very easy. Um, so this is something that I could give her without fear of like her choking on it, even though they're not decent size, but because I can like crumble it over her food. Um, you can put yourself on a subscription so I don't have to order it every time I'm getting low. It'll just come every 90 days, I think, or 80 days or something like that, which is great. Um, but yeah, some dog supplements. I'm trying to get my dog on as healthy of, of, of food as possible. She turned 14. On October 13th Aww. of this year. So she is a little senior pup and I want her to live forever. So I'm doing the best I can to make sure she's got the nutrients that she needs to stay healthy. So highly recommend Woof three O's to a friend. And it's obviously tagged in the show notes as always. Nice. Um, okay. Well, that wraps us up um, under an hour, barely, but we did it. And next week, we're going to cover the one with the cop. All right. So we'll catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast. <laughs>